salute to all my kings, queens, and everyone in between out there trying to conquer this grand Monday. Happy beginning of the week, family. I'm your host, Dr. O, coming to you with this episode of Psych vs. Sex. So blooming season is right around the corner, y'all. Spring, and I'm excited because if you know me, you know the sunshine and the warm weather, it just does something to me. It frees my spirit, okay? So I'm looking forward to it. So remember the last episode when I was referring to my schedule ramping up and mentioning developing some kind of routine and not overloading yourselves with a thousand and one things? Remember that? Okay, cool. Now, is that easier said than done sometimes? Yes, but our bodies have a way of letting us know when enough is enough, one way or another. And if you aren't careful and mindful, it can lead it can lead us to hit a brick wall. So I wanted to jump back a little bit and expand on the whole hitting a brick wall thing for just a moment by sharing my own experience. So this was about nine-ish years ago. I'm in grad school, beginning my very first mental health practicum training experience. I remember having a few individual supervision sessions where I was just tearful while talking to my supervisor at the time. And I can't remember specifically why, but it likely may have had something to do with me feeling, at least at that time, a sense of pressure from my training experience because it was the first time I'd worked with that particular population and in that kind of environment. And you know, when you're new to something, you may feel you have to prove yourself or you have to be, you know, be a certain way because otherwise you feel like people will see right through you. They'll find out how nervous you are, what a rookie you are, and it's just downhill from there is what we often think. So that was me, okay? That was me. In my mind, it was like, this is the start of my professional journey. And I have to, at the very least, fake it until I made it. And in the meantime, really start to learn and become familiar with what I'm talking about with these clients. So I can start to grow as a clinician and get some of this imposter syndrome off of me. And FYI, it could take a while for imposter syndrome to go away, by the way. And for many people who've been in the field for years even, they still sometimes struggle with imposter syndrome. And we can dive deeper into imposter syndrome in a later episode. But moving right along. So at that time, at least from a social standpoint, it was really the first time I was by myself more often than I was around people. I lived hundreds and even thousands of miles away from my family, most of my family, close friends. 
And although I'd been living away and in school for about three years at this point, I think the change in my social dynamics started to catch up with me a bit. It wasn't that I was homesick, but I think it was more so feeling distant and feeling for a while like I was giving more than I was getting from the environment around me. And I don't know how many of you can relate to that. And I started to feel isolated and sad more often. And this probably went on for weeks, maybe even months, until I hit that brick wall. And what hitting a brick wall looked like for me was letting my emotions overtake me and impulsively lashing out, which isn't me. It's like I had nothing else to give and my body and my mind let me know that. I eventually got out of that funk and I can't say I remember exactly how or if there was any specific thing I consciously did to get out of it. But right now, I like to share three foundational and actionable steps that you can take to avoid hitting that brick wall yourself. And if you've already hit a brick wall, avoid hitting that brick wall again. Number one, set those boundaries, people, and own them. Boundaries are what I consider to be a part of the foundational framework when it comes to therapy, or at least oftentimes how I approach therapy. Very often I interact with individuals who not only have difficulty setting boundaries in their own lives, but also have difficulty identifying what their boundaries even are. And guess what? That's okay. Because it's far more common than people might think. And learning how to do this in a healthy way, it it takes time. It can take time. One of the things that makes setting and maintaining boundaries difficult is that oftentimes it's the people who are closest to us that cross our boundaries. And in most instances, the people that love us don't mean any purposeful harm. But the more familiar we are with someone, the more we feel we have the right to certain aspects of their lives, many aspects of their lives. Some people, all aspects of someone else's life. And also, ask yourself, have you communicated what your boundaries are? Some people may cross them because you have yet to identify what they are. And once you do identify what they are, you haven't let it be known to who may have violated your boundaries in some way anyway. Now, there's many reasons for this hesitant approach to setting boundaries with others. And one I often hear is feeling like if they say something that they may hurt the other person's feelings or they may ruin the relationship. And I would say those are legitimate concerns and that's a legitimate risk. But what may help with increasing your confidence with that is reflecting on your own morals and values 
And what I mean by this is, if you aren't clear on your boundaries, acknowledging and clarifying your morals and values may help you identify your boundaries by basing them on what's important to you, which is often centered around your morals and values. You could even make a list of them. Sometimes seeing thoughts on paper makes them easier to work through. Now, once you've gone through this process or done the work, you'll become clearer and may feel less guilty about setting those standards for yourself and setting them for and with other people. If we are on the receiving end of someone setting boundaries with us, this can make us feel defensive or feel attacked. We may feel like a bad person embarrassed, or just downright angry, y'all, just pissed off. But we can work to become comfortable with the fact that boundaries for ourselves and for other people are put in place so we can actually thrive in our relationships and protect our well-being. Number two, many of you, I'm sure, have heard this before. Communication is key. This definitely goes hand in hand with boundaries because boundaries have to be communicated and they have to be communicated clearly. I've had clients where they'll talk to me about boundaries. It's been difficult for them. And then as we work, they work to set them up, but then there's still some frustration there. And oftentimes when we process that frustration, it comes back as, oh, yeah, I, I, I kind of didn't say that straight out. Like I wasn't really direct about that. And so sometimes, oftentimes, actually, you have to be direct about your boundaries because there are people, especially people who struggle to respect other people's boundaries for whatever reason, they'll try you. And so your job is to be clear about what those are and to be able to use the language to express those okay so ask yourself what kind of communicator are you passive assertive aggressive (laughs) are you more of a talker listener do you listen to hear or do you listen to respond are you listening thinking about the next thing that you're going to say or the next point you're going to make Do you discuss to be right? Or do you have a good balance of both talking and listening? Many of us, I find, have difficulty with getting our needs met because of our own communication styles and the lack of awareness. And sometimes it happens. It's a lack of awareness of how you communicate verbally and non-verbally. Now, if you can imagine... Limited or um, what word should I use? A lack of broad communication skills mixed with poor boundaries can lead to overwhelm, increased stress, anxiety, and so on. If you think about it. And your body cannot withstand that condition forever. We're already dealing with things outside of this right that causes stress 
And stress can be tricky and it can be dangerous because stress is not something that you can often measure until it expresses itself externally. But just because it expresses itself externally at a certain point doesn't mean that that's when it started. Stress starts within the body and oftentimes we aren't aware until we get chronic headaches or we can't get out of the bed in the morning or we're dealing with physical aches and pains. However, that's manifested externally, but we have to remember that ailments start inside our bodies and many times are not made aware to us until it gets to a level that it shouldn't get to. Our communication style, it's influenced by multiple things. But if you know you could use some work in the area of communication, there are tools available and skills you can learn, such as, let's see, like using specifics, what we talked about earlier, being specific, being direct, using I statements, and using active and reflective listening to help you improve the way you communicate. Number three, everyone's urgency is not your emergency. (laughs) I think I mentioned that phrase before in a previous episode. We need to realize, people, you're human and you cannot and should not be the end-all be-all for everyone all the time. You're bound to let someone down and if you hold yourself to that standard, You'll be overly affected by it because you have taken the position of savior for everybody around you. That's not sustainable. It's not realistic and it's not healthy. Not being able to quote unquote fix it will feel like failure to you. As opposed to a normal part of the human experience. If you take that stance. And where does that lead you? running smack dab into that brick wall we talk, we're talking about. It's okay to not have all the answers. No one does. Not one. And sometimes the best thing that you can do for someone to help is to listen to them. And it's a proper way to listen as well. Because not everyone wants you to try to fix it all the time anyway. Some people just want a sounding board. So listening and or if you are a more spiritual or religious person, pray for them. Okay. So I share that with you all to say things will rev up and the to-do list will get longer sometimes. But you can still practice these practical things to ensure you stay grounded and to stay intact. You don't have to feel bad about it. You need it. We all do. And we deserve it. Okay? So, just a little tidbit from me and you, family. Thank you for joining me for this quick session episode. Catch you next time. And have a great week. See y'all.